So yes, we're back with another rider, another episode. Today we have a lovely couple, two both from the States. Hello. What's your names? I'm Maya. And I'm Andrew. Andrew, well nice to have you here today. So, first, first of all, what brings you to this city? Well, we just got here from Liverpool. Manchester? Before that, Manchester. And now we're heading to Italy with my family. And, uh, no, no special occasion except that, you know, we never get together and everyone in my family is going. So we're off on another adventure together. Okay. So, so you, wait, you're, you're, you're from Italy? No. No. We're actually from California. We had it from, right from the States, yeah. Okay, California. okay. All right. No, it's, a, no, it's also looking at you, you look like you're Filipino or Thai. Wow, yeah. you got Filipino. That's, yeah. you, wow, you're really good. Well, I used, to, I used to work with Filipinos on the ships. Really? On the ships for things. Wow. But you do have a bit of a Thai flavor to you. Yeah, I do get Thai, Filipino, sometimes Japanese. But that's so great that yeah. you guessed it right I on the first try. I wouldn't say Japanese, though. Gotcha. I wouldn't say Japanese. It's different. Japanese have a more of a, a bit more paler, a bit more, yeah. uh, it's a bit more stern. Yes, more yeah. Kind of thing. I smile a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm definitely not Japanese. Okay. So what do you two do for a living? And I take it you're a couple? Yes. Okay. No, we just met today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> the ride figure to be cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> Discount, you know. <laughs> yeah, we are a couple. Well, I'll go first since mine's short and easy. I just work for a utility company. I do electric design work. Okay, that's yeah. good. M&E. A PG&E. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard they changed it since. Oh, used to be uh, M&E? Yeah, it used to be mechanical and electrical. Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. No degree required, but it would just be electrical engineering. Okay. Yeah, distribution engineer would oh. be if I went to school and finished the two-year degree. I was in school for biomedical engineering and ended up stopping early to make money. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing you, that since. About six years now. thought about going back into it? I've thought about it, but the thing for me is that you take out so much debt and it'd be another two years without making money. And yeah. so just the price difference and stuff, like maybe at some point in my life, it'll be something I do, but now I've been pulled more towards podcasting and videography. So, so you're podcasters. Well, I'll let her take the story on that one. Yeah. Somewhat. So I'm a, I'm a reporter. So I was a reporter in the North Bay and I'm moving to LA for a new media job, but I'm working on this creative project. It's called the deep take project. And it's, it's more. It's just a, a media hub. There's podcasts, there's videos, but really it's focused on conversations that heal. And I started this during the pandemic. And really the whole focus is just being able to connect with people on a much deeper level. Because I think that after, you know, the pandemic and even before that, I think we were all really like striving and desiring more connection. You know, like at a time where we're pretty separated because of technology, I think that a lot of us deep down are really craving that mm -hmm. so i know myself i was craving that tremendously and I, I still am and so this project is is really just me you know kind of reaching out and wanting to connect with more people and being able to share their stories with others mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. my project and it's been really fun i've been able to connect with a whole lot of people i did a you know a handful of interviews in the North Bay, because I moved there about two years ago from Las Vegas. And that's how I met yep. Andrew here. So we've been on this adventure together. Were you interviewing him uh, as part of your project at the start? No. No. So, yeah, we met through trying to just date. Yeah, through a dating app. And Tinder. then Bumble. Bumble. Bumble was the, actually. It was no, Tinder. It was, it was Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> Don't stray them from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Tinder does work then. It okay. does. People say it doesn't. Know, well, but... Tinder works for Tinder. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. want to get your leg over, yeah. Tinder exactly. Not that I know. Not yeah. that I know. Not that you know. Not what I've heard. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. But, but no, it's nice to see people. I, they say dating apps is the most easiest way and common way to meet people now. She yeah. She's a like-minded. Well, right. what was funny is she didn't really have the intention so much of dating. She kind of was looking to just make friends and connect with people because she had just moved to the city and didn't know anybody out there. Yeah. And then I told her, I was like, you know, I'm fine with that, but I'm also interested in looking to date. So 
we it's so funny because we were like an hour and a half drive away from each other ended up planning our first date was like three weeks in advance because we were both just busy and stuff yeah but uh yeah ended up yeah just working yeah because if you can be planned a lot of people forget this yeah exactly Exactly. Well, what's funny is I had never used the Tinder app ever until I moved to the North Bay from Las Vegas and I didn't know how to use the app. So I didn't know that you could actually adjust the distance. That's so, so that's why you came up. Just happy chance. Yeah, yeah, like you weren't supposed to come up because yeah, you were an hour really away. away. So yep. it kind of worked out. It did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our first date was 12 hours long and then our second date was the same thing. <laughs> Completely different too. First date, like we just met wineries in Napa. I don't know if you're familiar with. It's like a wine country out there. Together for the whole day. Then. Yeah, we met early. You know, kind of like a you know late afternoon at a winery just to have drinks and uh, and just talk, and then ended up staying. You know, walking around longer. Went to another winery. Found out she was really into music. Found a place that had live music. Went to that. Ended up just chatting until yeah. Next thing you know, it was 12 hours later, and yeah. And then yeah. the next one was completely different. We went to a rave in San Francisco <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then ended up staying up until the sun came up and going to Denny's and that, and that whole deal. So that was a ton of fun. I really liked that date. Yeah, that was a really fun well. time. Yeah. Well, so we did the distance for a while and then... Oh, go the long run. Yards. Yeah. Well, like, whatever that means, you know. What's the whole nine yards? The whole nine yards. I think it's actually American term it is. is actually not, we, we don't use yards anymore. Well, it's a military saying. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We, in the old days, yeah, red yeah. coats, we had yards. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, meaning whole nine yards is essentially you're going to go the full distance. Yeah. The full Monty. My, the full Monty. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I love that movie. It's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, actually, I, my dad used to always tell me the phrase uh, isn't a military phrase. So... The oh, machine yeah. guns, they, yeah. those chains of bullets were nine yards long. So going the whole nine yards mean you sent all the rounds. Okay. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. Like yeah. That. Yep. Okay. I know the saying, but I didn't know what you meant. What was the context of nine yards? Meaning that like, the way your relationship, he talked about your relationships mm -hmm. and how it's going. is like, yeah. Yes. You to a solid, if that kind of foundation at the start yeah. yep. is strong, it's like in the sense of construction, you've built some really solid foundations. Yep. Yeah. And you could build a big skyscraper on the top. Exactly. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and that was my thing too. Is like, I, yeah, I felt really early on that like we could, like there really was something there. It wasn't just your typical Tinder date, you know, or just, yeah, just going to be a fling or something like that. So it's been two years now and yeah. And you're living together. Yep, living together and here on a vacation with her family. And next step is moving down to LA. So we'll see what that next chapter is going to be like. What's yeah. the podcast called then? It's called The Deep Take Project. The Deep Take. Yep, The okay. Deep Take. Yep. yep. And currently just on YouTube and Instagram. Instagram. Did but you start the TikTok? Yeah, that? we're starting TikTok yeah, now. Start Are you going to do the Spotify? So the, uh, so the podcast is on Spotify. This, thus the podcast part but I'm I'm leading more into videos now because I think that you know when I do these interviews I like to see the person's emotions and face so it's an all overall media hub so eventually I want to start getting people to write for the deep take project as well because mm -hmm. I because there's just so many ways to tell a story so many ways it's podcasts it's videos it's reporting it's writing it's everything. So I want to be able to cover all of that with the Deep Take Project. What I found from my, and I've been doing this for three years now. That's amazing. Is, at first it was just like a lad's, it was basically the first original story was this French girl, young girl, about 21. She was upset with her, her British boyfriend who didn't want to go home with her and she was homesick and she kind of came on to me and mm. just, I just told it as a jokey kind of thing and blah 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 and then over time I found more of my feet, more of a grounding because what's happened is where I've interviewed people about their career, about their job and it's, I'm thinking right, why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, other people can benefit from hearing their story 
Yeah. Um, might want to be a journalist. In the same and, career or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so I ask them key. I always ask five questions. Mm -hmm. And I don't ask them straight away. The, the, the comfortable question is like, what what were you like as a child? Yeah. Memory, you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're comfortable, they relax, and they get into that environment. It's okay, this is okay, there's nothing wrong. And then, you know, they start, and as it goes on, it goes on deeper, because you go from that journey from child, school, second school, why they, what, they, what was going on in their mind, boyfriend, girlfriend, did they, did, um, did they know what they want to be? How did they find their route for riding into the career after the higher education? And you know, marriage or habit, wherever they are. And then you say, there's key questions like, what did you know now that you wish you knew mm -hmm. when you, yeah. uh, um, when you were younger? Yeah. Yep. Do you see what I mean? And they are, everyone says, that's a really good question. It yeah, is. it is very yeah. good. And then there's other things like, what does the future hold for you? So you're rounding up. Yeah. And I just feed off them. So whatever they're throwing in there, I just feed off them. Yeah. It, it can be quite difficult at times because some people may struggle and also I'm focusing on the road. Yeah, yeah that is really hard to, to navigate. One or two times where I've kind of got a brain thing and the guy goes, don't worry, I see what you're doing is great. And I can see you're you're really you're really trying to navigate. So yeah, no way. Yep. Um, and that was good because it's nice that he can acknowledge that there's an art in what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. Right. Um, at the same time, it is like yeah, yeah. It's like you need to be as professional as you can be. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and master your art. Yeah. Definitely. The other are where people. Why I'm telling you all this is when I because. I, Oh, when I started off, it was audio only, mm -hmm. and I've never done video per se. I've only put that's why I've got these brackets here. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm doing a live, I put the bracket here, and it's facing the road, and I'm just commenting on the road or whatever's going on in the in thing. If I'm doing an interview, I turn this or a vlog, I turn this bracket up here on the right hand side, and these are just for work. These two down, like, it's a bit of a control station. But point is, I've only done the video a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't want to be fiddling around, and you get—they got cameras that now detect when you touch your phone, mm -hmm. and they send you a ticket to your house. Yo. Oh, I don't need all that. And, yeah. and this camera here works. It's, this is AI, so it works with it, all the cars since 2004 have an electronic computer unit in there. Oh, wow. So if I pick up this phone. It would, they send me a text saying put down the phone. Okay. It's mandated to have in the yeah, huh. having these wow. things with the company I use the car. Wow. Gotcha. But, but try not to deviate. Mm -hmm. What I've realized is that when it's like late night and I'm driving, people, because it's dark and I don't see their faces. Right. Getting, I'm a big guy, I'm not worried about security. Mm -hmm. they, they say, I'll say their name sometimes and I'll just start driving. Yeah. So we get talking and what? I found they really off police. They talk about powerful experiences that some girl was raped mm. by a guy, somebody who's had child abuse as a children, mm. somebody guy was talking about how he's adopted and his whole process and all these different things. And you can't, to get a camera on them to do that. It changes it, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But at the same time, what I did do, because I don't know, you know Spotify do video now. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Oh, really? Maybe they hmm. do it after you've got a certain amount of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Right, so I've got loads of episodes. Mm -hmm. So it's not, I think about four or five months after Joe Rogan got his, had they changed for Joe Rogan. Yeah. They said for people, like, probably like, with a lot of content. Yeah, mm -hmm. opened it up. That's cool. So I had, so what I've done is recorded Journeys of London, and I just put the audio over that journey, and then off it goes. That works. Wow, and it's yeah. And like you're sitting in the car, Mm -hmm. someone's confessing or whatever but all, all why i tell you this is because you might video is good mm -hmm. but audio yeah when it captures your imagination of what they feel feel the, feel the person and it's also kind of i think i think the term would be indiscriminate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you're not looking at oh is this person white are they black yeah. or, are they mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever. Yeah. you're just hearing a voice yeah and, yeah. and I try to promote that. Yeah, I, like that. I love that. Defeat people's bias. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
you see what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. I've had instances where I had one of my most popular vlogs is me telling the story of some drug addicts. Mm. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't realize they were actually from Bangladesh. Wow. And they're, causing, they're British born, but mm -hmm. they're Bangladeshi because no one pictured their culture having drug problems. Yeah. Yep. I didn't state that. Yeah. I just talk, told the story. Yeah, that's incredible. You know what I mean, so people, you know, and then I had loads of people apologizing to say, because they said, oh, I used to be on drugs. Yeah. And I caused many a taxi driver havoc. I know that, so I apologize. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's an interesting one. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I love that. that I, I would just consider that mm -hmm. when you're, do you really, because if you really want to get that in depth, yeah. You get a photo of them at the end. I always take a photo. Mm -hmm. like, For sure. At the end of this podcast, I'd take a photo with you and them two. It also, it's another thing. If someone says, oh, you did that without my knowledge, really. You gave mm. me the details in the book. Yeah. Your handwriting. Oh, we had a photo together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. But, no, I think that's great. That's that's a really great point, though. It's like you know, you all biases dissolve when it's just the voice, just yeah, so true. just audio. Yeah. One thing too for this format, I feel like you might not get as many people that are either a open to doing it because they didn't expect you know to be on video, and they're gonna feel like, oh, I'm not presented well enough right now, and might not want to yeah. do it. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, yeah, I think the biggest one, like you said, though, is just people. Are, probably going to open up more and be willing to tell a story they might not have if their face and video and everything was attached to it so, yeah definitely also, yeah also when when it's late night early hour of the morning or whatever and it's pitch black and someone hands you you hand someone a mic or whatever mm -hmm. they can barely see you yeah yeah oh, yeah i'm black so it's black and black but yeah. they mm -hmm. can barely see and so there's, for some reason, I find they just want to confess. Yeah. People, they just want to feel safe. Yeah, they, they want to talk whatever things and stuff. And a lot of people, I don't know how it is for you, when they uh, get into the taxi, they uh, they just, they treat it like a therapy session. They mm -hmm. don't realize they're doing it. Yeah. You, you, usually it goes like this. I say, oh, how's your day going? And they go, huh? Yep. And, and then off they go. And then yeah. Or they just say, oh, it's not good. And you say, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. And they go off yeah, yeah. And, and tell you about their husband or this thing or that woman's crazy. Or right, what right. Yeah. Kind of but I don't want to steal the show. No, no this is gonna... great. No, this is, this is fascinating. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I wanted to say that I felt like really resonated in what I liked about her deep take project was the conversations that heal and it's really we're walking up to people on the street and asking them just you know any questions or a series of questions but the whole goal is to is to have somewhat of a, of a therapy session like obviously you know we're not licensed therapists but you don't need to be a licensed therapist to just ask someone how their day is going listen to them and and then yeah and it's just healing to just speak about your life and things that are going on you know so and just have a moment to reflect on something like that there was a vlog done the other day and this guy walks up to people and he says tell me one thing about you that people don't know that you think they should know mm. Mm. and he, he's, a, he's a British guy but his mum when he was like 8 years old or 10 years old took him to Skids Road in mm. America mm -hmm. and just left him there oh my wow. gosh and he said he looked for her for a couple of hours realised he couldn't find her then went to a homeless shelter they said he's too young he can't stay there and he said obviously there's lots of mad people and all crazy people out there yeah and um, then they found some children's home and there's some kind of police got involved in care and all this stuff and what have you but he said his thing, thing was a positive message that don't worry about that I've never seen my mum again since mm. don't worry about that you just basically it's just looking positive thing it really hit me and i thought you know i need to interview this guy yeah yeah and i did it i don't know why i didn't i'm not sure if i saved it saved it you know even with tiktok you can save things yeah. oh yeah but it was like a powerful thing so i was a, i was adopted as well oh wow, wow. yeah i was in care for six months so it really resonated with me absolutely I his attitude 
Yeah. yeah. I plan to do also, so I've had quite a few people being fostered or adopted. Mm. It's just to assess a season of lots of people being adopted or fostered. Yeah. Whether it's, it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's like someone who's same-sex couple or different race or whatever, just mm-hmm. to get a different aspect. Exactly. Yeah. And you can ask key questions. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you just put that out there. Yep. And you see, you know. Yeah, I would like to ask you our question that we've been asking people on the street. You ready for that? So who in your life do you miss and why? And what would you want to say to them? I think the two people I miss, and I say two people, my dad and my granddad. Mm. That's my birth father and my birth granddad. Because I looked after my granddad and I was really close. I didn't realize how close I was to my granddad, I think. But my birth of I miss because there was a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. that him. And granted, he did fight to have me. But my mum, being the kind of woman she was, she said it's because she is mentally ill. But I said, no, you're just a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And she never has a response to that. Lots of people have told me, lots of people have told me that Oh, she's mad, or she's mentally ill, whatever, and you know, she can't help it, but I no. Because from when I was born, for the last six months, I had rickets. I had rickets because I didn't get breastfed, mm. uh, and she only fed me dry uh, cornflakes. So basically, I was dying slowly, and I became deformed. I should be a lot bigger. Mm. And I said to her, but you didn't starve yourself. Yeah. She can't answer that. Yeah. So that's why I tell people, don't tell me about mum being mentally ill or whatever mm. because she's not yeah she and i believe this strongly with most people in life they just give up hmm. and even suicide is a is the ultimate form of giving up yeah i used it i did a vlog the other day and i'll come back to your question more in depth mm-hmm. it, this was the life is a roller coaster yeah you've got ups you met somebody on tinder mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. sadness somebody leaves you or someone dies yeah. Yeah. that's the dips yeah. you've got the loop the loops where you don't feel like you're getting anywhere in life yeah. it's just mundane yeah and you've got the twists and turns where you're not sure which way life is going <laughs> going fast yep. yeah. but the most thing you do you hang on mm-hmm. because yeah. the roller coaster never stops Yeah. So you're never going to be in one situation forever right so complicated so just yeah. allow that situation to learn from that situation get stronger Mm-hmm. Because it's moving on with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make the best decision at the best time for what you know how. Yep. With the cards that you've been dealt in that present moment. Because those cards are always changing. The yep. dealers are always handing out new cards and you're always dropping new cards. And uh, yeah, quite a few people were quite happy with that analogy. I spoke to, I think I spoke to an American couple there. I said, I really like that, that you know, analogy of the roller coaster. Yeah. But no, that's how I see it. It's not about giving up, it's not about things. But yeah, I, I would, there's so much I could have learned from my father. He was very entrepreneurial. He was, he had his own businesses. He had villas in Spain and doing all these things. Wow. And stuff like that. So, you know, and, yeah, yeah that, that would have been that, really. And my grandfather, just because, I, you know, you see your ancestors as well. Your father and your grandfather. But definitely my father in that sense. Yeah, do you do you see a lot of them in you? That's a good question. I suppose so none of us were very academic. I may have mm. a degree but I couldn't I couldn't really read for nothing nothing, love nor money. My granddad virtually couldn't read. Yeah. But this is all the traits of slavery. Mm. Yeah. You see what I mean? When I was in the military, what they told us is that the time you spend on tour fighting and the time you spend get preparing to go on tour, exactly the same time it's going to take you to get back to normal, minimum, because that's what they've worked out. So if you think of that and you put that in the analogy of the whole slave trade and 300 years, mm. now 20 years is a generation, mm-hmm. so that's 30 generations, and then not obviously you've got the era afterwards where you still be mistreated and whatever, 
Yeah. And like free. I know, for instance, in America, for two years, the slaves weren't told they were free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the whole I mean? story of Juneteenth. Yeah. 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 So you think about all those kind of things, and then you can see, well, I can see easily why my granddad didn't read too well. Right. Yeah. yeah. And my grandma dealt with all the money. Mm-hmm. He worked. Gave her money. He was actually a taxi driver. Oh wow! He gave, he gave That's her money. Awesome. He gave her all the money, and then she gave him some money for his uh, some beer, and he'd go play dominoes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was at peace. He's alright with that. Yeah. My dad, he was just bad with handling money, but then that goes for lots of people, loads of people in life. Yeah. Loads of people are not, you know, it's not their strongest point handling money. Mm-hmm. Journey, it? it is. Journey. Well, I was going to say, too, the second part of the question, if you could say something to them now, what would it be? I think I'd say to my dad, I tried. And I'm not giving up, I tried. And that's his, he told me to keep my siblings together. But it's been hard. Yeah. Because we didn't all grow together. As we're getting older, we kind of realize they kind of realize the thing but I spend so much time trying to phone them up seeing how they are blah, blah, blah. and you know someone's not you can bring a horse to the water but you can't make them drink yep. they're mm-hmm. not interested for whatever bit of reason but you know I'm not giving up but it is kind of you know it's like flogging a dead horse yeah, yeah. it's starting to weigh on you well you know I think it's, it's common sense is like this if you're doing something and it's not giving you desired effect, what do you do? You just take a break. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You spend your own time, your own energy with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, like that, really. And I feel like with people, too, a lot of the time, that time that is, like, you're taking a break from it gives them time, and they'll start to think and realize, you know, he really was trying to get us back together and I really appreciate what he's been trying to do and then it's almost like the you know if you if you love it leave it let it go and it'll if you know it'll come back I totally like messed up the saying but I think you know the saying I'm talking about yeah it's also maturity as well yeah maybe it's not maturity because maturity seems a bit belittling yeah maybe it's more life experience you yeah. get different, you meet a stage, mm-hmm. so, you know, if things just align, yeah. a bit like you, you, know, you two, you, you met, you said mm-hmm. about your relationship, well, I'm happy to, to date, or I, I don't mind seeing something, I'd like to have something seriously, and then it works. And you, yeah. Well, there's only, there's only so many things a roller coaster can do. So after you've been on it for so long, you start to notice, you know, certain things about it and you start to get how the ride works and that it is always going to keep moving and always changing so yeah. cherish what you have while you have it and make the most of it but I was asked some t- do you miss me and my, my response to that which is factual in my eyes mm-hmm. some people may get upset about it is I appreciate people while I'm with them mm-hmm. yeah do you see what I mean so yeah why am I going to worry about missing somebody? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that time's passed. Yep. Yeah. What the thing is now is, you know, you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with in the future and you're just moving along. Yeah, just try to be fully present. There's a funny saying in, uh, what is it, Kung Fu Panda, the past is history, the future is a mystery, but the present is a gift. That's why they call it the present. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I'm definitely in a phase in my life where I'm trying to accept that life is always going to be a roller coaster. And what's interesting, and I think I was telling you this yesterday, is that when I was 20, I felt like I had a, a pretty good grasp on it. It's just like as time has gone by, I've just I've, I've just realized there's so much more I don't know, and I feel like I've, I'm getting younger as time goes on yeah. and that's that's really the reality of it, is that there is so much that I don't know and that's okay yep. mm. and life is complicated mm. Jordan Peterson speaks a couple of he said one you know Jordan Peterson of course yeah. Yeah. yeah so he says about speak 
to some was it speak to someone as if they know something you don't know yeah and that's something that is very interesting because you, you you have to remind yourself even if you've gone through the same experience as them they they may take away something different yeah. than you mm -hmm. the perspective is yeah. different yeah yeah and i listened to this guy he's a south african guy he's talking about he listened to an interview between oprah winfrey Michelle Obama and I don't really look at them greatly in those two women but the point what she pointed out was very true she said a lot of people nowadays feel that they their life needs to be perfect all the time yeah mm -hmm. and he said and, he, and or this was a South African guy was saying where, where, where did that come from mm. because mm -hmm. if you look at history life is tough for everybody yeah, everywhere you go no matter yeah, what yeah, age yeah, if you, Scheming to take your place. Your yeah. Time, you know, the you just dodge the landlord, or the lord of the manor, because he wants to take your harvest, or you know, you got mm -hmm. warlords or other people, you know, bandits and stuff. But every life's always hard. But you just enjoy the moments you can, and you deal with the situations that deal with the situations as they are, and that thing. And I think it's where it goes back to what Jordan Stephen says, or British say, life is suffering. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the nations now, and this is quite controversial or debatable, who take life as suffering as general, they are progressing the most. Hmm. That's an interesting point. It's something about the acceptance of it. Yeah. Yeah, because you're just getting on with it. If yeah. you look right. at the Western world, Western world, we've had things very comfortable for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So. We, the, the, now you've got every, we've got to talk about things that don't really matter on a political, international thing. Oh, or not, actually, maybe not, don't matter, but it's not a priority. Yeah. Do you understand? So it's like, am I a girl, am I a boy? Mm -hmm. Is that a priority? When we've got kids, when we've got skids row, do you know what I mean? And when we've got uneducated thing, and we've got all these issues, is it really a priority? And there's, there's so many different things that it's like, okay, Wherever you want to be, you you are. Let's move on. Let's go and do something that really matters. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I mean? Not yeah. belittling other people's situations, but you can say what really helps the whole society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was a paper written where in England, our the English national mental health was at its strongest. At what time do you think that was? When was our mental health the strongest? The strongest. I don't know. Jeez. About the history out here to, to say, or even make a guess. Okay. It was during this blitz in the Second World War. No way. Huh. And I'll explain why. Because it united everyone for a cause. Everybody, yes. Everybody knew what they needed to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and nobody was worrying about trivial things. Everyone That's knew so their true. role. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you look at them, to give it all right, I know America is more of an adolescent country, but if you look at America's situation, you're 9 11. Yeah. Everybody was on the same page mm -hmm. in your country. Yeah. Do you understand? Regardless of what other countries had their opinion about women yeah. or whatever, everybody was on the same flat. But it's true. I was in America a week later, and I saw nothing but your blue, red, and white flags. Mm -hmm. And everybody's patriotic and all the rest of it. Yeah, it's so true. Saying. So, yeah. yeah. So, so when you look at when you look at those situations, yeah, that makes to me it makes sense. Yeah, it and does. It's having a purpose. Yeah. You know, lots of think about it, a lot of soldiers. A lot of homeless people are soldiers. Ex-soldiers. Absolutely. Now, why do you think that it's there? Because they've left. They haven't got purpose. Yep. Yeah. In the military, you're told what to do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yep. you have that sense of purpose. You, you yep. may be drunk, you may get in scratch, you may be yep. disciplined, but you know you're part of a team. Yep. Yeah, yep. You messed up, oh, oh, it's, oh, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. purpose. Yeah, it's so true. But people don't have a purpose, they lose it. And this is why, you know, like even in my mum's case, I look at it, well, you may say, or the doctor may say, or you may agree that you're mentally ill, but you had a purpose and that purpose was me yep yeah. and you didn't get you didn't pull yourself together to get it to get through it in the best way you yeah, could yeah that's what you, that's what you know what do you say in your movies he survived by his wife and children yeah 
in your movies, you know? Mm-hmm. That's one thing you look really good at with your Hollywood movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is David. Yeah. You know the Korean Korean movies are better script, but you look good on your uh, John Wick entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What would you what would you say in relation to that question? What the person that you'd wanna oh, it's, it's that's so her. easy to me. Yeah. So I miss my grandmother Amelia. She's she practically raised me. I spent a lot of time with her because my parents are always working. Mm-hmm. But she was a journalist in the Philippines, so I grew up to the sound of the typewriter. And that left, that impacted me so tremendously. And she also was one of the first, the first person that ever saw me, like truly saw me. And that was a pretty big deal. So I miss her so much and I talk to her every day. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I really don't know what I would say to her. I, I just wish that I could get just a minute with her. Do you think she truly saw you because of the nature of her job? Because as a journalist, you have to bring out... Yeah, you really, you really have to hold space for people. I think so. I think that was a part of it. And the other question is, do you think the fact that you want to be a journalist is to maintain that connection? Yes. I was talking to him about this the other day, and I was crying, and I was like... I wonder if that's the reason why I've I've took on this path is because it's it's my way of staying connected to her. And I think I think it's true. I think it also I also feel very strongly about being a journalist and and storytelling, but I also think it's because that's my way of staying close to her. Yeah, I've been dreaming about her a lot lately too. Yeah, my last dream, she said to me that she'll always be with me. So it's whenever I'm feeling like I'm lost or, you know, coming off my path, I always think about just the image of her is what keeps me grounded. So, and that's also the reason why I started this this project is because I think that she saw me and she held space for me. So I think, I believe that that's what, you know, it's important that we do that for each other is just hold space and be curious about each other. That's the, that's the one thing I think is missing, is just curiosity. We see someone on the street and then we just make assumptions about them. When really, what happens if you just sit? You just sit in the uncomfortability and ask them questions. And so what if it's an answer that you know you weren't expecting or you don't agree with? Just sit in it. Sit in the, the uncomfortable stuff for just a second. And then you realize just how close we actually are. Mm-hmm. I've been, I was actually going to vlog about, I've got a black book where I write down things to vlog about. I've got about 15 things, so I'm trying to do bulk content now. Yeah. And schedule it to go out so I can just kind of forget about it for a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. And what it was, was are you listening things mm. to people who don't, you don't agree with? Yeah. And, and why I say that is because in the Western world, everybody's on this thing that they must be happy. Everything they hear must be right and mm-hmm. be according to what they believe. Mm-hmm. But I actually stop and I make a point to listen to people who I don't necessarily agree with and try and hear them out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I do that on the podcast platforms because one, there's an art to listening. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you need to learn to understand people. Yeah, that's huge. It's huge. Listen, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I don't agree with you, but I understand why you can't come to that conclusion. Yeah. Right. And, and and if you can debate like that, or you can say that to somebody genuinely, and they can see, you can see within your eyes and your tone of voice, too, tone of voice, whether you genuinely took that time and energy to hear them, mm-hmm. then you can actually allow to have that civil a disagreement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I hear your point of view, but I don't agree with you either. Okay, that's okay. So we're gonna have a drink now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rather, where using America as an example, where because someone likes Trump and someone likes Biden, mm-hmm. they're arch enemies. Mm. And won't I mean? speak with each other. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. Yeah. So polarized. Yeah, you're yeah. thinking, I was asked market research, which way do I vote? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, are you lib conservative or lib, like political Democrat kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I said, well, it depends on the situation, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, 
if it comes to prostitutes and drugs, for instance, I'm liberal as long as it's people over 25. Yeah. Because your decision-making part of your brain doesn't fully develop to the age of 25, and you haven't tried life yet. Yeah. So to throw your life away and make life-changing decisions, you know, you know, if you're going to go into prostitution, and then now, how hard is it going to be for you to get married mm. later on in life? Some, you know, that pops up. That's yeah. The instant divorce. Right. Yeah. You know, if your partner finds out. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, the list just goes on. Yeah. So she goes, oh yeah, I see what you mean. But to me, I just saw that as common sense. Yeah. Yeah. But like she's been asking that question to how many people on the phone and you're conservative on everything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sure, sure you know you're not, and you're certainly not liberal on everything. Yep. Right, right. Because That's true. Mind, I've had many, I've had feminists in the car. Mm-hmm. People say they're feminists, and they say, when I'm talking, telling my story, they say about, uh, there's this really sad story about a lady, I'm not sure, she, I think, was it a prostitute or call girl, or something along that line, anyway. Mm-hmm. And she'd come in the car, she'd been drinking, and talk, she started talking to me, telling her story. And basically, her story, she had one of five children, when she was a baby, she's living on, in some rural place in Ireland. And her father um, looked at, just left the mum with mm. two born new children and like three other kids. Years. So the all yeah. girls, and, and like the power run out and everything. And mm-hmm. was like, how could you do that? And now, obviously, the, the sister, well, the mum struggled. She had to come to London and sort herself out. So she made her way all the way from there on her own with all her children and newborn babies. What kind of man does that? Yeah. To me, I I only believe in the death penalty for paedophiles. Mm. But for that kind of behaviour, yeah. you're very close to Very close, yes. Yeah, you're very, you're, you're, very you're damn close. Because I don't yeah. understand, because those girls, girls need to be protected more than boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not like a sexy thing to say, oh, they're more weak or whatever. Obviously, they're more vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Boys need to be nurtured a lot. Yeah. Yes. Thing to show yes. that, listen, we don't have to be angry at the world. We don't want Napoleons and Valentines. Exactly. Because all those emperors were, were all not up, nurtured as They're boys. all brought up by their mum only. Yep. If you look at history. Yep. Do you understand? So we know yep. we need a balance. Yep. In that respect. But I was just like, yeah. And I heard us, I've deviated so much, and I can't remember why I'm telling you the story. But I heard her story and I really, I really felt for her. Mm. It got me very angry as it were. Yeah. But the point was, I could listen, hear her story. I understood why she's in the prostitution game. Yeah, I didn't exactly. agree with it. Right. I don't think it's the thing. Now, when I was telling, oh yeah, that's what it is. When I was telling these other women that, they say, nah, she's good. She's living her best life. And she's, mm-hmm. you know, following her sexuality. And I'm saying, no, you're not real. I, I always say, how many prostitutes do you know? And they go, quiet. And I say, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I've, I used to be in, obviously I used to be in the military. I used to work on a shift. Mm-hmm. When you're on a shift, every time you go ashore, the taxi driver takes you to all the, all the bars where there's just women waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working girls working. I used to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And they all had one thing in common. They either didn't know their father or they knew their father too well. Yeah. Mm, you understand? Interesting, yep. yeah. Not yeah, not at all. As a father, you're meant to protect your girl children. So when yep. you look at prostitutes, I always blame the dad. Yeah. I don't blame the mum so much because his mum, you're, you're about nurturing. You can't nurture and be like the hard hand all at the same time. So mm-hmm. you do it, but how well? It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. You shouldn't have to do everything yourself. No. Yeah, in that thing. So. Yeah, parenting's always supposed to be a two-person job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I, I just looked to that, and I was just like, hmm. But it's, it's the art of me learning to listen to people. Yeah. Understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Being able to say respectfully and privately, I don't think that's the best thing. Yeah. But I kind of wish you were, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that respect. Yeah. Because we we've all been the prodigal son at some time. I don't know if you know your Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I tell my daughter she's eighteen. I say to her, you don't have to 
do what I say because you're 18. Mm-hmm. You do have to listen to me. Yeah. 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 Um, so you know why you listen to me? Because it's my job to protect and provide for you. Yeah. And I must warn you about the dangers in life. If you want to ignore me, that's your business later on. Yeah, but at least I gave you the information. Daddy didn't tell me. Yeah, that's true. And you see her go quiet. And Mm -hmm. the light bulb goes on, but there's also a face of frustration. Mm -hmm. I also get a reminder of that, so when she goes to uni, you do any wild things or get yourself in problems. (laughs) That voice is going to be like, right, yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. And I said to her, if you're going to go on a date with any young guy, you send a picture of the man to your mum first. I like that. Mm. If he wants to date you, or wants to take you out, it's okay, send me a picture. You say, well, see, it's a while. So what are you doing that for? I send it. Oh, I'm not interested. Okay, don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're not serious. Yeah, you? cut yeah. that one clean pretty quick, you know? Yeah. You're not serious. You can do that from the start. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Also, if there's a problem, the mum knows she, she sent me a photo, I just go and find it. That's true. Yeah. Saves time. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask one thing too, because you had mentioned that you had asked her, she got into journalism and do you think that's, you know, because of her grandmother? I was thinking that you also mentioned that your grandfather was a a taxi driver. Was any thoughts, anything there? Or like, did you do it out of inspiration for this? I only just realized, I only picked to me now that he's a taxi driver. Oh, in the conversation. Wow. You just pieced that together. My dad was a builder. Okay. Yep. So you've gone both of their paths now. I went into commercial construction, but what I'm doing, because I'm going to go on to other things, I picked this Uber job because it's like, allows you time. Exactly. So like, if I need to stop work or whatever. You can. Yeah. And all those kind of things, you know. Yeah, so in a way, you've you've done both of the professions they've had, but I guess you just didn't even realize that (laughs) the grandfather one. They say blood full of vein anyway. Yeah. Blood's full of vein, I like that. Yeah, blood follows yeah, big, veins. Oh, yeah. blood follows veins. Follows vein, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's a natural thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In that respect. What would you, who would you talk to? Who would I talk to? Talk to this guy. I, this guy laying on his horn? <laughs> I don't know that there's anyone specifically, but I've, there's a lot of people that I've, lost in my life like friends from either drug overdose or suicide and I think I'd like to talk to them just to let them because I feel like so many of them like the idea the story you brought up of the prodigal son uh, feeling like a black sheep or outcast like I feel like a lot of people get lost in that and feel like they can't pull themselves out of whatever they've fallen into and they kind of give up in a way and so those are the people that I would want to talk to in my life just to let them know that e- even in the decision and the thing that happened, that, that the, you know, there's still value in their life and the person that they are and that, that they're accepted for it, you know, and we all make mistakes, but you can change at any time and that there's nothing wrong with what they did, you know, and the way they chose to live their life. So not that there's, I guess the wording there is probably not right. What I'm trying to say is that you can always find forgiveness and you can can always come back from it. Yeah. So there were things wrong or maybe decisions that they made that, you know, if they had the chance to make it again, would have gone differently. But I was most what I meant by that was, yeah, it's the point of you can always change and seek forgiveness and yeah so yeah not that there wasn't anything wrong but at the same time when it comes to the drugs i feel like there's a lot of stigma uh around you know governments and things saying that you can't do these things that it's illegal and i don't necessarily agree with those i feel that we have autonomy of our own bodies and we can choose to put in them what we want I've never smoked or drink, drank in my life, and I've never done recreational drugs. Okay. I, like, I tasted alcohol as a child, so I was told to, and I didn't like it. Gotcha. So why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I share your sentiments in that. 
I don't see why the government can tell somebody that they shouldn't be taking drugs. Now, I can see this, that in one aspect why the government would say that, in the same breath is, if you're a parent mm. and you start taking drugs, we know your children are going to become a, bur a problem for society. Yeah. So, but do we have that right to, to tell the parent? Yeah, and because it is a form argumentatively, as soon as you neglect your child, that's a form of child abuse. Yeah, right. What well, I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, I absolutely agree. But I, I did want to also add in that it's not a guarantee that the person that does drugs that their children will be a problem for society. There's, it just depends on the individual that's doing the drugs and the reason that they're doing them. Are they doing it to escape their life, and to you know, like, to just dull down the signals and the noises that are coming at them or are they doing it from a place of enjoyment and celebration like mm -hmm. so alcohol i feel like is a really good example like it's legal everywhere and most societies say this is something that we can do to let loose or have another type of experience but we limit with all these other drugs and say this one's bad this one's bad and i think it really all comes down to information and just telling people what could go wrong with you know if you do this too much or what could happen if you aren't careful with these substances so, we, so because we could look at history mm -hmm. we can look at holland okay for example, got lots of drugs mm -hmm. lots of sex yep and they're still functioning yeah and then we can look, but we can also look at their culture mm -hmm. their cultural mindset we can look at portugal now Mm -hmm. They've accepted that people can take drugs and mm -hmm. it's dropped crime drastically. Exactly. And you get given drugs. Yeah. And then we can look at, go back as far as Hong Kong mm. with opium wars. Oh, I was going to say with opium, yep. Opium wars and yep. how it devastated the whole mm -hmm. empire. Yeah. We had to step in and say yeah. no. And we all know how the British handled that. Yep. But, so there's different. Time, and we could even look at, I mean, Somalia, they got something called cat or mirror, they chew. Hmm. And yeah, it's this leaf and it sends you like a zombie, like, yeah, <laughs> you don't need to eat, you start foaming at the mouth, it's all this kind of green. Oh, wow. oh wow. Surprised you guys don't know about it, but, but they, hmm. they, they start to have to ban it gotcha. because they, the, the men don't want to do anything. And yeah. When you've got a culture where the men provide, it causes problems. Mm -hmm. They chew it socially. Kind of. Now, if you're chewing it socially, it lasts for 12 hours, you go to sleep, you wake up, you want to do it again. Yeah. Now, the kids, the mum's complaining, blah, 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 then you want food, the mum hasn't cooked food, she ain't giving her no money or no food, being that you want to beat her, now there's problems, do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it's one thing to have. So I can see partly why the government will step I can up. see both sides of yeah. it, too. It's and really the, complicated. The economy as well. Yeah. Government likes tax. Same reason why he's advocate for women working. Yep, you tax, tax it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Money. Even though it's better off, that I would argue, it's better off for mum to, like mums, you have some system where you just, for mums who want to stay at home, it's perfectly acceptable. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you can make that decision when the child's 10 that you're going to go back to work and what have you. Mm -hmm. And I think that needs to be catered for. It's not about a case of making maximizing profit to boost your economy yeah you've got to look at okay because you boost the economy but crime and things are going up exactly because no one's looking after the kids no one's guiding there's no accountability mm -hmm. we know that mm -hmm. do you see what i mean there's yeah no, there's no this doesn't make sense mm -mm. it's like i i had this discussion with my son's mum she said she wanted to go back to go to work when or yeah, go to work when she's fit after she had the child. I said, what are you talking about? I said, so that doesn't make sense to me because you're going to give away our prized possessions to strangers to look after so you can go and earn money. Mm. Yeah. I said, how about you stay at home, learn, look after the child until he can talk, communicate with you. Mm. And then if he goes, and then if you want to go do your work or whatever, fair enough. Yeah. Said, this is the prime years. You yeah. need to be there all the time. And you need my support all the time. She didn't like it. But then later on what happened, there's something at school. And she said, the teacher, the teacher's saying something such about him. But she doesn't understand that this is the way he communicates. And he, he behaves like that when he's having struggle with his words. And I said, see, you wouldn't have known that if you had shipped him off to somebody else. It's true.
she just went quiet. Yeah. Did you see what I mean? So I guess the question that came up for me is, do you feel that it has to be the mother that does it? Or does, could it just be one parent that does it? Could the father do it? No, because you know what? Mums feel most, um, we're talking the norms, not yeah. the norms. Yeah, yeah. Most mums are built for that nurture. Yeah. See, I'll give you an example. Probably in the, um, probably the Filipino culture, you, if you see, if you're in the house, mm-hmm. I'll use my example, and there's a man sitting down with a child, mm-hmm. and all the women come in the house. What's the first thing they do? Pick up the baby. Take it from him like he's incompetent. <laughs> even yeah. if he's enjoying himself. Yeah. yeah. They take it from him. Like, yeah. do you see what I mean? And yeah. then they may even hush him out of the house. I feel like that even happens in American culture too. You know what I mean? yeah. yeah, there's it's a true. reason. It's a natural thing, and you know, mums, women are emotional. I always used to say, why are women so emotional? And it made perfect sense why God made women emotional because you need to be in tune with other people's feelings. Babies, yeah, you need to be able to detect women's intuition. Even yeah, yeah. beings so that can't even that, communicate themselves yeah. yet. You need to yeah. be in tune, and you need a higher state of emotion than we need. Yeah, for you to do that job. Yeah, so my why, mom's not like that. Huh? My dad was the stay-at-home dad. My mom was the breadwinner of the house, mm-hmm. and so my mom, she wasn't as emotionally equipped. That yeah, my dad was definitely the one that was more in tune with me. But so that that's that, my situation is very odd. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah, not like the norm. Yeah, it's not the norm. But, but all, yeah, all I'm looking at is like how do things work? How things work in society? I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast, and there's an anthropologist on this show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he was very interesting because what he was saying was from the dawn of time when we used to live on the savannas of Africa, mm-hmm. yeah, men would go out and hunt able-bodied men. Let's say 14 and upwards. Yeah, and when you're hunting. You may be a predator, but you're also the prey. Yeah. Yeah. So you learn to be very quiet, self-efficient. Yeah. Hand signals, gestures, whatever. If you hurt yourself or something, you sort yourself out unless you really need to disturb them for help. Yeah. Mm. When you do kill the prey, it's all hands to deck. And now bring the prey back, you're still pred- you're still vulnerable because mm. you've got a dead animal. Almost more vulnerable. You understand? So when you get back to the base, what happens now? You don't, don't unwind straight away. You generally take an hour or so to unwind. Right. Now, look at that situation. Man goes out to work, typically, work in a, a hostile environment. He may not like the boss, other, you know, all this politics, blah, blah, blah. He comes home, yeah, he comes home to his wife. He needs an hour to unwind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before she goes and tells him about everything that happened. <laughs> now, if you look at what the women were doing, Back in the day, they would be sorting out, the, sorting out, the, doing the house, hut duties, whatever, cleaning, preparing, being cleared up for last night's fire, and done. making clothes, yeah, so much craft. But by midday, they probably finished. Yeah. Now, what do they do? They start gossiping, socialize, and have the time to unwind. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's yeah, wow. little drama. I don't really like it. And then now, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that same kind of thing. That's yeah. why a lot of people say, I even hear women say, I don't want to work with women at work. Hmm. I don't want a woman boss. Hmm. Because it's just, she's all, it's just emotions and there's mm. gossip and problems. Mm. Men, yeah. men, I hear a lot of women say, men boss are just easy to deal with. Mm. Yeah, obviously, I'm talking the norm. You do yeah, yeah, like on, on average, average not, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Some men are terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had a few of them. Yeah. On average, <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's the thing. And it, to me, I look at it, that it makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Because that's something. Remember, twenty years is a generation. Mm-hmm. How many years we've been on the place of the earth as, as human beings that we know of? Yeah, it was. Last time I heard it, seventy-eight thousand years. Aborigines are the oldest yeah. civilization in that sense. Yeah, and a lot of generations. It's a lot that's of generations. That's natural. That's yeah. natural thing. It's a bit like if your dad's a doctor, you kind of have things you stray towards that industry mm-hmm. because you, you're naturally kind of good at it. Familiar with it, yeah. yeah. You've had more exposure to it. Yeah. And all those kind of things, you know. Hmm. Mm. Me, I'm just doing all the talking here. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is good. Yeah, this is, good. is really good. I think that him and I, 
I mean, I don't know about you, but I think about this often because I grew up with a mother who was the breadwinner of the house mm -hmm. and a father who was a little bit more feminine and was more nurturing. Yeah. And so I'm constantly thinking about how that shows up in our relationship and yeah. which roles are, you know, which roles we're taking on and where we feel comfortable and where we want to be. And I've already expressed this to you. Like, yeah, I, we've talked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was there something? So go ahead. No, I mean, for me, I'm always, I think that I'm always trying to be more feminine because I think for a long time, like being more masculine was my way of like being safe in the world. Mm -hmm. Plus it's what was, was shown to me, yeah. my mother, yeah. you know, the strong woman that took care of the house. Yeah. And so I'm trying to unravel that for myself because I understand that that's not, we're not in those times anymore mm -hmm. and I can feel safe as a feminine woman and can take on that role. Yeah. And it's okay. It absolutely is okay. And I feel like one of the things that's also been challenging for you is that, that that's true, but then also like there's an age gap. I'm eight years older than her. And so she's at a point in her life where it's very critical point in her career, still trying to build her career and get to a certain point where I've, you know, settled a little bit more down and I've got, you know, I've had the job for six years now and I'm comfortable in it. So I'm at a point now where like I feel okay and comfortable in my masculinity to be the one that is, you know, taking more of the back seat and letting her, you know, like moving to the LA is something that she would be doing for her job, but I can still keep my job from there. And, you know, like I feel like a lot of guys in today's day and age, my leg is totally cramping right now. <laughs> no, we're good. Oh. That's so funny. I guess I need to drink some more water. But as I sit in this very feminine pose and rest on top of her, I was just saying that, no, I feel that it's a constant struggle that, yeah, so you have what you've seen growing up was a strong woman and the father that's more nurturing and that's more comfortable for you. And you also have like this, like, I don't know, it's like juxtaposition of wanting that because it's what's comfortable for you. But then also not wanting like the standard, which is, you know, the man providing and like you being the stay at home mom. And so it's like you've you're kind of torn in between the two, like what you grew up with and what you've seen and then what society's been the, like has been the norm in society for, you know, who knows all of time that humans have been around yeah. and just kind of standing in the middle and thinking like which way do I want this to go which way what what life do I need to choose or what do I want you know yeah it's very complicated yeah do you think it is you know, yeah you know why I ask you that because where I think and this isn't in relation personally to you two mm -hmm. but when I look at that I was explaining to someone the other day we all have destinies for what we're going to do in life I know as a man I'm going to be working probably to the day I die. Mm -hmm. And society would probably expect me to work to the day I die. Right. Right. So I've got, I've got, I've got quite a few children mm -hmm. and all that and that kind of thing. I know their mum could take a break when they want it. And no one's going to say, why aren't you working? Yeah. They say, oh, you've done your job. If you want to mm. rest, you're okay. That's true. Do you understand? Yeah. So, but I also look at it like this, and this is what I explained to my daughter, who's 18. I said to her, baby girl, she said she wants to be a pilot. And I said, okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Then she said she wants to be an orthodontist. So I said, okay. So mm -hmm. I'm rushing around finding people who are pilots or orthodontists. Yeah. <laughs> so I did. She said, Dad, I think I'm going to be an orthodontist instead of a pilot. And I think, oh, after all that work I've done. What I did think about, okay, it's not about you. It's not about Dad. You're not living your dreams with her. Mm -hmm. She needs to do what she wants to do. But then I said to her, okay, baby girl, how many children do you want to have? She said, four. I said, assuming you want to marry somebody with an cultural background, got to consider that you may have to take some considerable period of time away from work. Yeah. Say eight years that's with four not, children. That's not gonna there's a man from our culture is not gonna accept you going off saying you're going to work and coming back three days later and 
We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.